Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. On that note, if you want to donate, if you donate $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. If you donate $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by you with your name at the start. It's also stated it's sponsored by you on social media. If you donate $20, you get everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And if you donate $50, you get everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. You can also donate at buymeacupofcoffee slash craigu, and all of these links will be in my show notes. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok, where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to Bairdo37. And if you like, you can find weekly videos about Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash CanadianHistoryX. You can also find transcripts of every episode I've ever done on my website. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. We're moving well into the early part of the 20th century, and we are only three decades away from the first Canadian-born Governor-General. This week, we're looking at one of the most important and influential Governors-General in our history, Julian Bing. He had a major impact on Canada, not just before he became Governor-General, but while he served the country. In fact, the role of the Governor-General would alter fundamentally after he left the post. Julian Hedworth George Bing was born on September 11, 1862, the 13th and youngest child to George Stevens Bing and Harriet Elizabeth Cavendish, who was, yes, related to the previous Governor-General. His father was a member of Parliament from 1830 to 1852 and was in the House of Lords from 1853 to 1886. Like many children of prominent families, Bing would attend Eton College, but would not complete his final year, and he would later state he was Eton's worst scug. At the school, he was nicknamed Bungo, because his older brothers were also attending and had the nicknames Bingo and Bango. While the family was prominent enough, they did not have endless funds, and when Bing wanted to enlist in the military, the family did not have the money to buy a regular military commission for a seventh son. Bing had come from a military family. His brothers were all in the army, and Bing wanted to follow in the footsteps of his grandfather, who served with Wellington at the Battle of Waterloo. To get around this, Bing decided to enlist with the local militia in 1879, becoming a second lieutenant with the second Middlesex militia at the age of only 16. Before long, Bing was offered a place in a new unit at the request of future King Edward VII. It was with this new unit he would serve in the Sudan and India. He would also become close friends there with the sons of Edward, including the future King George V. Around this time, he became acquainted with Lord Roughton, who worked to improve housing for skilled workers in London. Bing would often accompany him to the poorest and roughest areas of London, and it was Bing that suggested that the senior retired soldiers be hired to maintain order in the Roughton houses, in a tradition that still stands. Bing then joined the Staff College to further his military education, graduating in 1894. During the Boer War, Bing served as a lieutenant colonel, 
commanding the South African Light Horse Regiment. Upon his arrival home in 1902, he married Mary Evelyn Morton, who was the daughter of Richard Morton, the man who was the comptroller at Rideau Hall, while the Marquis of Lorne was the Governor General of Canada from 1878 to 1883. Unfortunately, the couple were unable to have children. After his marriage, he was stationed back in India and then came home to Britain in 1904. That same year, he broke his right elbow so badly playing polo that he worried he would have to quit his military career. In 1909, Bing was promoted to Major General and from 1910 to 1914, he commanded the British forces in Egypt. At the outbreak of the First World War, Bing was made the commander of the 3rd Cavalry Division and he would travel to the Western Front in 1914. He would take part in several important battles including Gallipoli. In May of 1916, his first major interaction with Canadian history would occur when he was promoted to Lieutenant General and given command of the Canadian Corps. Bing was surprised to be given the command. In a message back to command, he would write, quote, Why am I sent to the Canadians? I don't know a Canadian. End quote. As the commander of the Corps, Bing changed the training of the troops and the appointing of staff officers. He also provided additional training in weapons and trench warfare and allowed the Corps to work together to make the Canadian soldiers a cohesive force. In his command, Bing began to notice that the Canadians felt that the British officers were detached from their concerns. To remedy this, he would appoint Canadians as staff officers. One thing that Bing could not stand for was Samuel Hughes, the Minister of Militia. Hughes, who I covered in depth in an episode about him on Canada's Great War, was a real piece of work and someone who saw himself as the leader of the Canadian Expeditionary Force. After Major General Malcolm Smith Mercer was killed in June 1916, Hughes ordered Bing to replace him with his own son, Garnet Burke Hughes. Bing promptly refused to do this and appointed Brigadier General Louis James Slipston instead. He would write to his friend, quote, To officer these splendid men with political protégés is to my mind little short of criminal, end quote. He would add, quote, Canadians deserved and expected the best leaders available, end quote. Thanks in part to the reforms and leadership of Bing, the Canadians would be victorious at the Battle of Vimy Ridge in 1917. Throughout Canada and among the Canadian troops, Bing proved to be very popular. Those that fought under him were called Bing's boys, and veterans would refer to themselves as such for much of their lives. After Vimy Ridge, Bing would take on the role of commanding the Third Army. And after the First World War, Bing would be promoted to general and made the Baron Bing of Vimy in recognition of his work during the war. General V. W. Odium would state of Bing, quote, It is felt by many that the Canadian Corps owes more to General Bing than to any other one man. It is true that when General Curry took over the Corps, he showed magnificent leadership and maintained a very high state of efficiency, but it was Lord Bing who originally raised it to that state, end quote. Over the course of his military career, Bing would earn several medals and was mentioned in dispatches from 1900 to 1918 eight different times. He also received several foreign honors including the American Distinguished Service Medal and the Legion of Honor from France. Only three years after the end of the First World War, Bing was given a new assignment to be the Governor General of Canada. Unlike with the Duke of Devonshire, Bing's appointment had come about thanks to consultation with the Canadian government. The Secretary of State for the Colonies, Winston Churchill, sent a list of candidates to consider for Governor General. 
Baron Desborough was chosen, but he refused the appointment, and Prime Minister Arthur Meehan did not want the Earl of Lytton. Meehan then chose Byng, whose appointment was announced on June 3, 1921. King George V would tell Byng, quote, You'll be just like a king in your kingdom, end quote. Bing would respond, Oh no, sir, more likely I shall be a Bing in my Bingdom. End quote. Since he had served as the commander of the Canadian Corps, Bing's appointment to the position was greeted with enthusiasm in the country. Bing, for his part, did not know how well he would do as the Governor General. He would say to me, end quote, I've never done anything like this, you know, and I expect I'll make mistakes. I made some mistakes in France, but when I did, the Canadians always pulled me out of the hole. That is what I am counting on here. End quote. On August 6, 1921, in Quebec City, Bing was officially sworn into office. Opposition leader William Lyne Mackenzie King would write in his diary of meeting Bing in Ottawa, quote, The first impressions of their excellencies were good in every particular. The note of youth and vigor and absence of side was noticeable in Lord Bing and naturalness and pleasantness in Lady Bing. A refreshing contrast to the heaviness of the Duke of Devonshire and the formal exclusiveness of the Duchess. I feel sure both Lord and Lady Bing are going to be the most popular and acceptable. End quote. Meehan would say in a speech in honor of Bing, quote, No words of mine are necessary to introduce to you or to any other gathering of Canadians, nor can anything I may say enhance our appreciation of his already great service to Canada. His name is a household possession. His connection with our country is already part of our heritage. End quote. Bing would say in his own speech, quote, Since we find ourselves in altered circumstances, then as soldiers, we were doing our best to defend the Commonwealth. Now as citizens, we shall strive to maintain and advance it. End quote. One of the first changes that Bing made was choosing Canadians to be his aides de camp, specifically Canadian veterans. One aide-de-camp was Henry Willis O'Connor, who served with Bing at Flanders. Another was Georges Vanier, who had lost one of his legs serving in France and who would go on to become governor-general himself. Vanier and his wife were very close with the Bings, and Bing would be the godfather of Vanier's third child, Benedict. Bing would only spend a short time with Meehan as prime minister before William Lyne Mackenzie King came to power. King would write in his diary, quote, I believe our relations are going to be very pleasant. End quote. While traditionally the Governor General acted as a sovereign and British government representative, Bing refused to do the latter, feeling that the British should have a diplomat in Ottawa and Canada should have a representative in London. In 1924, the future King Edward VIII came to Canada to tour the country, and Bing would host several dinners and balls to honor his guest. And while the two were friends and Bing showed him respect, Bing did not like that Edward pursued married women in Ottawa during his visit. Bing would tell him not to return to Canada while he was Governor-General. Like other Governors-General, Bing would travel throughout the country extensively, including to the Canadian North. He would become the first Governor-General to go north of the Arctic Circle, and he would meet with the Inuit in remote communities. He was especially concerned with the farmers of Canada and the difficulties they faced. He would say at one point, quote, Agriculture must come before anything else, and it has to be realized that villages and towns cannot exist without production on the land. The chance for the artisan and professional man will come when the call of the land has been answered. End quote. Bing was known to not be pretentious either. This was seen during a visit to rural Alberta when a farmer, who knew the Governor General was coming, but did not know what he looked like, asked Bing what the old bugger was like. Bing would respond, quote, 
Oh, not so bad on the whole, end quote. He then told the man to attend the reception the next day. When he saw the farmer the next day, who now knew he was the governor general, Bing said, quote, Well, is the old bugger so bad after all? End quote. In July 1923, Bing and his wife went to Sydney, Nova Scotia, where there was a strike of coal miners and steelworkers. The federal government warned them not to go due to the fear of violence. The couple would also refuse police protection. And when they arrived, they were greeted joyously by the strikers, and the couple interacted with them and met with union workers. The Regina Leader Post reported, quote, Fully 10,000 people from Sydney and surrounding towns thronged the steps of the Wentworth Park tonight to witness the formal civic reception to Baron Bing of Vimy and Lady Bing. M. Ross, a striking steelworker and returned soldier, read another address on the behalf of the strikers. End quote. Bing would help to bring about an agreement to end the strike. Bing could also speak French fluently, endearing him to Quebec during a time when the province felt heavily divided from the rest of Canada. The Montreal Gazette would write, quote, his Excellency's growing mastery of the French accent charmed the people, and some old-timers were loud in saying that he spoke better French than Lord Grey, who was a fluent linguist. End quote. Bing also had a great love for hockey and often attended the games of the Ottawa Senators. In fact, his wife, Lady Bing, would be so shocked by the rough play of Sprague Cleghorn in a game that she would donate the Lady Bing trophy to the NHL to be presented to the most gentlemanly player in the season. Lady Bing would also have a rock garden constructed at Rideau Hall that still is there today. The lasting impact of Bing as Governor General would begin on October 29, 1925, when Prime Minister William Lyne Mackenzie King lost the federal election, finishing with 101 MPs compared to the 116 MPs elected from the Conservative Party under leader Arthur Meehan. A total of 28 progressive, independent and labour MPs were also elected. And King, because he was Prime Minister, was able to hold the confidence of the House of Commons by aligning with the Progressives, giving his coalition more seats. And while King worried that Bing was communicating with Britain over the manor, he was assured that he was not. King would write in his diary, quote, Lord Bing has certainly tried to be fair and just, and has been fair and just, end quote. Bing would tell King that he could continue on as Prime Minister, but that he must not, quote, at any time ask for a dissolution unless Mr. Meehan is first given a chance to show whether or not he is able to govern, end quote. King would agree to this. The arrangement lasted until June 25, 1926, when King lost the confidence of the House. Prior to this, he asked Bing to call another federal election, but Bing refused to do so. King immediately resigned, leaving Canada without a prime minister or government for several days. Bing then invited Meehan to form the government while refusing the request of King to consult with the British government to resolve the situation. Bing felt that the responsibility of the issue fell to the Governor-General. Years later, King would write, quote, I felt no difficulty over the question of the constitutional issue and my relations thereto, but I did feel Lord Bing's actions at the time, subsequently, were far from what they should have been, and that he had allowed impressions to be spread concerning my attitude in the matter, which were not right. I had never blamed him." End quote. In fact, King would feel that it was Lady Bing and the Conservatives who were to blame. Unfortunately for Meehan, he was unable to hold the confidence of the House, and another election soon happened in 1926, and King was elected with a majority government. 
This would become known as the King Bing Affair, and it would lead to a major change to the Governor General position, and it would push Canada to have more autonomy from the United Kingdom. King felt that the refusal to call an election challenged the belief that the dominions of the United Kingdom were equal in the Commonwealth. Bing would later write to his friend Vanier and state, quote, I have to await the verdict of history to prove my having adopted a wrong course, and this I do with the easy conscience that, right or wrong, I have acted in the interests of Canada and implicated no one else in my decision. End quote. In 1926, the Balfour Declaration was supported by King at the Imperial Conference, which clarified the role of the Governor General. It made it clear that the Governor General was not a representative of the British government, but the Canadian government, acting on the advice of the Prime Minister. Since Bing, no Governor General has refused a Prime Minister's request to dissolve Parliament. On August 5, 1926, Bing would come to the end of his term as Governor General. One of his final acts was to lay the stone for the altar of remembrance in the memorial chamber of the Peace Tower. As Bing left Canada, King would write in his diary, quote, Bing got a good send-off. It was a strange sort of farewell. I was mighty glad when it was over. End quote. King would never forgive Lady Bing for what he saw as ill behavior towards him. In 1935, he would write of a dream he had, quote, This morning I dreamt I was somewhere with Lord and Lady Bing, and was walking and talking pleasantly with Lady Bing, having completely forgiven her for her ill behavior towards me, though I had not forgotten it. End quote. Bing would return to England and would become the commissioner of the London Metropolitan Police and reach the rank of field marshal in the military. On July 26, 1930, Bing had a severe heart attack and resigned his commission from the police. In 1932, he returned to Canada and took a cross-country tour with his wife. He also met with First World War veterans and visited Governor General Bessabarrow. During the visit, Lady Bing refused to talk to William Lyne Mackenzie King or even greet him when she arrived in Ottawa with her husband. King would write, quote, All the others gone, Lady Bing and Miss Sanford alone, looking toward Bing and myself. They both shook hands very cordially, and Lady Bing even had a sort of kindly smile, but she is a viper, and responsible for most of the wrong that has been done, End quote. In 1934, King met with Lord and Lady Bing again. This time he would write, quote, I recall most plainly is that Lord Bing and his cohorts fell mostly into the background and that Lady Bing came more immediately into the foreground like some flaming figure of wrath, end quote. Bing would have another heart attack in December 1934, which left him in a wheelchair for several weeks. For much of the first years of the 1930s, Bing was actually often in failing health. And Bing would finally pass away from an abdominal blockage on June 6, 1935. The Vancouver province reported, quote, Death came to one of the Empire's most dogged and gifted of fighters after a last chance operation, end quote. King would write, quote, I received the word of Lord Bing's death. I was in despair as to how I could prepare anything for the afternoon. I felt I was wrong in having gone to the country for the night, that I should have stayed in town and rested properly there. However, I drove in, prayed for God's help and guidance, and called on dear mother and others to help me. Before beginning with the preparation of words on Lord Bing, I knelt and prayed earnestly for guidance. End quote. Arthur Meehan, now a senator, stated, quote, Canadians, one and all, will mourn the death of Baron Bing. The country never had a more devoted friend. In war and peace, he was a prince among men, a courageous and skillful captain in battle, but an ardent champion of all that makes for peace. I have never known a finer type of manhood. End quote. 
Prime Minister R.B. Bennett would state that under Bing's command, the Canadians stormed Vimy Ridge, which he called, quote, one of the greatest achievements in the annals of war, end quote. Those who had served under Bing also expressed regret at the loss of someone they respected. John E. Holmes was a corporal with the Canadian Cavalry Brigade who fought with Bing in 1917. He said, quote, Known during the war by Canadians as a magnificent soldier, he was also known by us as an officer who, despite heavy responsibilities, made searching inquiry into all conditions surrounding those under his command. Quote. Even Garnet Hughes, the man Bing refused to appoint back in the war on the recommendation of Sam Hughes, would say, quote, Canada has lost a great soldier and still a greater gentleman. End quote. With the death of Bing, all three of the Canadian Corps commanders from the First World War, Major General Alderson, Sir Arthur Currie, and now Lord Bing, were dead. Bing has been honoured extensively throughout Canada. Mount Bing, Bing Place, and two Bing Avenues are named for him. Four schools are also named for him in British Columbia, Manitoba, and Quebec. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Julian Bing. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Keelan Pregnitz, Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobbs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from McLean, CBC, War Museum, Canadian Encyclopedia, Library and Archives Canada, Wikipedia, Biography, Vancouver Daily World, Ottawa Citizen, Ottawa Journal, Regina Leader Post, Windsor Star, and the Montreal Gazette. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.